0: Hello, Maxine, today I'm Ryan and Rob. Hi, Maxine here, Ryan and Rob's Welsh translator. The King Rando and Podlidyadne with Fearless in Devotion. You're listening to Fearless in Devotion, a new podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions. Raise your voices to the anthem,
1: marching like a mighty
2: army Wrexham. on all to feel it in devotion. The Rexham AFC podcast, sponsored by the Fatball Bar and Restaurant. Uh, post dagenham and Redbridge, uh, very good win. Back on track. Uh, Tim, what did you make of it?
1: Yeah, it was very, very good. The first half, in particular, was was as good as we've been for a while, possibly eclipsing the Notts County um, performance, um, same forty five. So. Yeah, it was just really good. The only sort of obvious, obvious criticism would be that we didn't make the possession and and the intent count really. He should have been out of sight by half time. But, you know, we got over the line, it was disciplined. Um, everybody put in a big shift, we overcome some other defensive injuries. So yeah, you can't really ask for much more. I mean, you know, the, the best teams grind out these these one 0 wins when they have to, and, and that's what we've done. So, you know, if we do that every week, then we'll take it.
2: Liam's pulling some interesting faces uh on this Zoom as I think he's looking after his child. So I'm, I'm gonna ask you now. Uh he's muted himself. I'm wondering whether there's gonna be a screaming child in the background. Well, Liam, what did you make of it?
3: Might hear some uh, some yammering, but no crying, frankly. Um yeah, it was a superb game and what a goal to to win it. Um it, ugh, the second it left his foot was right by us when when Mullin scored, but it was just a special, special goal. You just knew it was gonna hit the back of the net. Um, overall, it was really decent. Like Tim said, first half, second half were very different. First half, we played the ball on the floor quite a lot. Probably the best performance, um, our best 45 of the season. Um, then second half, I don't know what it was. They just seemed to bring their wide men into the game a lot more. Got quite a lot of joy down both flanks. And they probably missed three or four gilt-edge chances. But I think you take that edgy 1-0 win all day long. Yeah, and we've all seen
2: the goal now. Andy Belter from Mullin, wasn't it? Absolutely. Sort of stroked it
4: home. I mean, there was a lot of despondency uh, after Tuesday. People saying that the side was unbalanced, it's not good enough. Um, Maybe another way to think of it is we've had a very tough start. We have played a lot of the top teams. We've played a lot of away games um, and we're a team that is still gelling. So really and truly, to wipe our nose out of this tough start with only one defeat probably isn't too bad. We've had a couple of nervy, grinding wins, but surely there's, there's enough there that you think that this side is going to develop.
1: And now joining us on the podcast is uh, Russ, who is the founder of the Scarf Bagara War, uh, you can find him on Twitter at, at at County Podcast. He is currently a disenfranchised, disillusioned Stockport County fan. Welcome to the podcast, Ross.
5: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You've uh, summed it up correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um,
1: give us give us a, a bit of an insight first and foremost into what is going on at Edgeley Park because we were all. You know, we are all thinking that Stopper definitely going to be up there as, as 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 one of the main rivals for the title. Um, it doesn't seem to have, have panned out after a very sticky start, culminating in a three 0 walloping at the hands of Halifax Town um, yesterday at the time of this recording. So, give us a flavour of, what, of what's gone on.
5: Um, it's quite a lot, really. Um, yeah, we we were we were expecting to be up there as well, along with you with yourselves. I guess not County, Chesterfield, etc. Um. We've we've got this we've got this manager Simon Rusk, who replaced Jim Gannon suddenly last season and he he sort of did well uh, 18 unbeaten at the end of last season uh, albeit we got beaten in the in the in the playoffs um, and we thought we'd carry that on and we've added to the squad so we brought Ben Whitfield in Josh um, Scott Quigley, although he's not played much yet this really good defence that we've that we've got has, has crumbled and we're not being we're not getting our asses handed to us by the likes of Wrexham and, and Notts County. We're getting it handed to us by Halifax and Yeovil. And um, so yeah, it's it's there's there's divisions in the fa- in, in the fan base. Um, we you know sections of the crowd we're, were chanting, "You're getting sacked in the morning," when we got beat by Yeovil. So, yeah, it's not a very it's a, it's a good time for you to play us. Let's put it that way.
1: You say that. But it, I mean, what what are the like? What's the likelihood of there being a managerial change
5: before Saturday? Is that is that likely or not? Well, it, yeah, I think 50 Yeah, a lot of people want a managerial change, but the the owner seems to be seems to be sticking with Rusk. I thought he'd have gone last night, to be honest, after yesterday's performance. Um, he may well go today. If he's not gone by today, then I would expect he's still be in charge for next week. Yeah. So
1: so in terms of, I mean, I, I had a quick look at the various reactions to to, uh, to the result for you guys yesterday and there seems to be a suggestion that there's maybe a little bit of player power going on with, is it Hogan and, and Rooney? I don't know if there's any, any sort of foundation to that.
5: It,
1: are they playing for the manager or are they playing for themselves, do you think?
5: There's a lot of talk about that. Um, so the player power is something that's been mentioned before. And definitely Rooney and Hogan seem to be a leaders of that, and some some might say that um, that was the reason that Jim Gannon left because those players didn't want to play for him. Um, and that's it's not a rumor that I've heard recently. I mean, when you mentioned it to me on on, on WhatsApp, I didn't uh, sorry on your, on your WhatsApp message. I'm not really sure where that's come from. It could be it could be a factor. Yeah, um, we just don't know.
1: Okay. If if there was to be a managerial change, is it a stupid question? You'd probably take Gannon back at the drop of a hat, would you?
5: A lot of people would, yeah, but I don't think he'd come back for a fourth, a fourth time. Um I'm not sure I'm not sure I know any manager that's been back four times to a club. Um he's got a job anyway, he's he's got a job at a a step four club, um, I think, or step three club. So yeah, and that's that's the big question. If if Russ does go, who do you replace him with? talk of um there's another Phil Parkinson isn't there at um yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, people have mentioned his name but you know it's what's the grass isn't always greener is it you know Zach Rusk what do you do who's who's available now it's yeah we're in a bit of a mess.
1: Give us an a bit what sort of formation have Stockport been playing? Why is it not working for him? Um I think somebody mentioned I can't remember the name is it was is it Hogan that's the captain or Mm, yeah. Apparently he's not. Some, somebody was questioning his le- his leadership qualities as well. So is is there? What I'm trying to get at is that is it is it a bigger problem than what it looks, or are people making a sort of mountain out of a molehill at a relatively early stage in in the season?
5: No, it's it's a it's a problem. It's a massive yeah. problem. So Hogan. Hogan's played three of the games, and in those three, we've conceded nine goals. When he hasn't played, we haven't conceded. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's, that's feel, like, Pretty damning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've been playing. We've, yeah, we've been playing five at the back. Um So three, three central defenders, two wing backs. Uh, our left wing back Kitchen has only just come back. Kitchen. Um, so he was playing square pegs in round holes before that. So we have Ben Whitefield trying to do a left wing back job and tracking back. Um, plus having a left sided central defender that's right footed in Ben Barkley. So he's, he's, he's plugged that with, with a new set signing called Zeke Friars. Um, so he's, he's now left side. It's just, I don't know, they just they look like 11 players that have never played together before. Um, and the squad's really strong you know really talented you know you've got Hogan you've got Ash Palmer uh, Ben Barkley from Accrington Stanley Kitching uh, South Hales you know he, he he was instrumental in our win at the race course last season 3-0 um, he, he's really good but they, they're just not doing it you know Rooney in the middle you can you can. all these players are really well known and really talented yeah. um, but they just they just look like individuals and, and there's no cohesion it, it seems yesterday was just it was just horrible and i'm sure you you you, you lads know as, as, as you know as well as any um going to halifax and getting beat 3-0 is just embarrassing it's just embarrassing i mean we've had we've had more embarrassing than that you know we've been beat by Alfred in 7-1 and you know rushall olympic have turned us over at achley park in the fa cup but it's just with the squad we've got we should we, we just expect so so much more
1: yeah, before I bring the rest of the lads in to, to ask a few questions, my, my kind of last one before I bring them in, you mentioned earlier on um, that there is a sort of disunite within the fan fan base. Is that purely because of of the manager? Some are still thinking, giving a bit more time. Some are saying, you got to get rid now, make the change before it's too late.
5: Yeah, so there's there's probably three. It's probably split into three. There's there's a big section that. Don't forgive the club for sacking Jim Gannon in the first place. Right. We were th- we when, when, when he when he got sacked we were third, three games in hand, um, and we were we were going on quite quite nicely. Um, and the and the reason for the sacking was cultural differences.
4: Right.
5: <laughs> yeah, and there was no more explanation than that. Um, so there's that section. Then there's the section that you know, trust in the process, trusting trusting Rusk. You know, give him. Give him time. Give him maybe give him a bit more time. But that that section is becoming less and less now. Um, and then there's the third, the, the third section, which is he needs to go. We need a new manager. This isn't working.
1: Where do you sit in that?
5: I'm 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 kind of in the middle now. With 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 tr- I was I was at the start of the season trusting the process. Give him time. We had we had four difficult games to start with um, in Dagenham, Grimsby, Southend, and Boreham Wood. But since then, we've lost to Yeovil and Halifax. So I'm just, I'm thinking he needs to go. I was, yeah, I had to, I had to put my phone down last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tip.
2: As a Wrexham fan, this has got one nil Stockport written all over it. Just so aware. <laughs> Absolutely, because what we do is we go to teams who uh, are on terrible runs and they turn us over. So I, I, would, I would be saying it's the best time to play Wrexham, judging by our past history.
4: Russ, I have a burning question. Where are you? Because it looks brilliant. You've got all your shirts in the back. You've got scampy fries, and you've got um, <laughs> and you've got spirits at the back.
5: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in my my bar that's in my backyard, and it's called the County Arms. Um, right. and it's just it's just full of Stockport County stuff. Um, Andy,
1: Andy's not on about ghosts. He's on about the alcohol spirits. Just so we know. <laughs>
4: We could all do with one of them, to be honest. Wow, that's that amazing! Bloody
2: hell, yeah, that's quite oh, big, man. isn't it? That's
5: in your garden. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What you do? Um, <laughs> what, what? for a living? Any Any Any, any jobs going?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm involved with funnel, actually. As it goes, no, no. Um, I I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm work in I. I work in IT, but yeah, this was already here when I when I, when we bought. It was the selling point of the house, really. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty right. good. Wicked. That's a good hideaway if it all goes wrong again on Saturday. The, Every weekend, every every Saturday, I'm in here <laughs> just just drowning my sorrows. Uh, most
2: we we know about most of them because half of them have played for us. But your key players, if, you know, it's got to be Rooney, isn't
5: it? Number one. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's he seems to be the one that everybody knows about, you know, because because of, of who he is and who he's played for and things. But he's actually he's actually getting a lot of stick because he he slows the game down so much. Um, so there's a a lot of the fan base, you know, are in are in that sort of mentality that. You know, we, we we seem to we play out from the back and then as soon as it goes into the middle third, it, it sticks with Rooney and everything slows down. Um, and when you're playing wing backs, I mean, you'll know Southamales used to play for Wrexham as well, did he? Did he? No, no, I don't think he did. Um, oh, no. I've got that wrong then. I know he's Welsh. Um, not that that makes him play for Wrexham, but he's really fast, he's rapid and, you know... Everything seems to go through Rooney as sort of like the playmaker in the middle, and it just slows down. So it gives it gives everybody time to get back. So he's a key player. I mean, yeah, all the key players that we've got like Madden it's not scoring. Uh, Alex Reid scored twenty one last season. He's got I think he's got one one so far. He's just not doing it. He's he's sort of really lightweight. They're just they're just not. They're just not doing it for us.
4: I was going to yeah. ask you about Madden because obviously he came with quite a fanfare. He was sort of a last season's mulling in many ways, but I can't really remember him getting on the score sheet. Has he? Has he actually netted
5: for you yet? Not this season. Um, he has. He has last. He did last season at the, towards the end of last season. Yeah. Uh, so again, you know, this marquee signing, six figures. What is he? I think he's the record goal scorer for League One. Um. Just, just not doing it it's, to be fair to him he's spending so much time coming deep to get the ball uh, to try and make things happen uh, that he's not in the right place at the right time when, when, when we need him uh, um, and that's because the square pegs in the round holes he's having to pick up a lot of slack um, in, in other areas um, so you'll play on Saturday and you'll see him you'll see him chasing down a lot and running down a lot um, but yeah uh, we're still waiting for it to, to all click really
4: yeah, so it's not a lack of effort. It's just maybe he needs a bit of a run to really ignite his county career. Yeah, it's definitely a county win. I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> 100%. going to put that. hundred percent. I don't
2: know. Yeah, D- despite this... dis- despite all your troubles as well, I will say this. You know, even though as you say we're playing you at a good time, I still I'd still take a draw. Stock put away. That's that's very solid. No matter the quality that's in that team. You know, someone like Rooney, a bit like Mullin, with us. You know, we can score a goal out of nothing. Um, you know, you could easily go one or two down without sort of, you know, in in the first sort of twenty minutes. So I, I would, I'd take, I'd take a point on Saturday. I think.
5: Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to lead you into a false sense of security. That you know what I'm telling you is, is the truth. I think, I think we would probably take a point. Um, my, my feeling before we played Maidenhead on Tuesday because we got, we got thumped by Yeovil last Saturday at home, three 0 um, then we, we managed to beat Maidenhead on, on Tuesday. I mean, they they went down to nine men in the end. Um, I was thinking, well, he, for for the manager to stay, he's got to win at Maidenhead. He's got to win at Halifax, and then get a point or or better against Wrexham for him to stay in, to stay in in the job. Um, and then yesterday, obviously, happened. So I, I I think our fans would probably take a point in reality, but really, we want it, we want it all to click and and. And to be beating our rivals, which which you are, for the title. Well, we're, I mean, it's it's getting to the point now where we're not even looking like we're gonna. We're not. We're not even going to be up there. I haven't seen
1: things change. Post match interview yesterday, but apparently it wasn't wasn't the most awe inspiring post match interview. You just looked a bit lost, didn't he? By all accounts, wasn't offering anything in terms of of uh, of let's get back on the bike and let's go again. It was just very much a case of it was dog shit, and I can't dress it up as anything else.
5: Yeah, well, I've I've not even watched it um, because it, it is I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to watch it. It's, it seems to be the same things. It, it comes out with a lot of um, it is what it is. Um, but that, he says that a lot, you know, when we lose. Well, it is what it is. We're just going to have to get back get back to the you know training and and, try and address it and things like that. And it's just yeah, I, he's not he's not very inspiring to, to the best of times. To be fair, um, so. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. i you, you can probably feel. You can probably hear the um, the frustration in me because I'm. I'm. I really don't know where we're going to go from here. I think I, personally, I wanted to. I want the manager to go and we get someone else in before you know th- today or this week. I want him to go today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that gives me pause for thought is that you know I'd say Stockport are probably a year ahead of us in sort of your project. Really, you know, when you when you look at. You know, probably less high profile than we've done it uh, for obvious reasons, but similar mm. project really signing quality players in on three-year deals. You know, Paddy Madden certainly made everyone sit up and take notice last year. Um, so it, I suppose it does show that you know these things can very much go wrong and you can get in a rut. Although obviously only only a few games in, there's plenty plenty of time for that to be turned around. And obviously you guys can sign anyone anytime you want, so which we can't.
5: We, we do have that over here. Yeah, I mean. You're right. You, we are 12 months in front of you, and we've we've spoken about that on our podcast. Actually, that that you know, for, for where we should be, uh, and I said I said this pre-season that I thought we'd we'd be ahead of you of, of you lads because of because of that year extra. Um, and in terms of what, what has actually happened at the club, there's there's loads going on off the, off the field. You know, the, the the ground's been done up. There's a massive new scoreboard. Um, everything's everything's been done up inside the ground. We've got you know a nice new technical area. It, mm. it, it's all looking really good, and you know plans to have a twenty-two thousand seater. But, you know he, he announced that mm. um, a few weeks ago. So all that off the pitch, you know we've got a, we've got a championship grade um, training facility, training ground. Mm. Um, so it's all really good. It's just it's just on the pitch on that on that on that green bit in the middle uh, mm. where it has to work. It's not working. Yeah. Um, and we, we thought we'd be ahead of, of you lads. We thought we'd be ahead of Notts County, Chesterfield. Yeah, it's it's just not. It, fe- it feels like we've actually gone backwards.
4: Ross, um, just for just for the layman, where have you got your money from? I think so, it's quite obvious
5: where we've got ours from. But <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. So we we've we've done it a bit more, a bit quieter than you, haven't we? Um, yeah. So our our money's come from a, a chap called Mark Stott, who's who's a Stockport businessman Um, and he's, I've heard two figures, I've heard 500 and 800 million is is what he's worth. Um, His ambition is to um, have a championship team within seven years, although that's six years now, Um, so you can see how laughable that's starting to look, and and to have facilities within the borough that serve the borough and uh, sort of copy a Brentford and Brighton model where you bring talent, you, we sweep up the talent that City and United don't don't get, or that fall out of their academies, their systems, and we we we, we build on that and then sell it on for like, like Brentford and like Brentford and Brighton are doing, you know. I mean that sounds good, but has he ever been in a romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock? <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. No, sorry, not yet. They, yeah, they sound Our like they they sound like yeah, not yet. Yeah,
2: they sound like very. Um... Similar projects, really, don't they? In that regard, it's just the just philanthropic people, perhaps, uh, but just different backgrounds. So, as you say, it's um, as we know, it's a competitive league, and it's just getting even more competitive. But um there we go. Uh, before you go, Russ, why don't you just give us um, your prediction for Saturday? Uh, we always do this at the end of the podcast, so you'll hear ours on the podcast. <laughs>
5: uh, okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go for a one-all draw, and that's being optimistic.
1: russ this is your opportunity plug your pod and tell the listeners because it's giving them 48 hours advance notice of what we're doing on wednesday so if you want to give them a bit of an idea that we're kind of slightly doing this again on wednesday just give give the listeners a bit of an insight into into what the plan is for that
5: so yes so we we have a podcast it's called the scarf bagara war um and that goes out every wednesday live at seven o'clock so i believe one or a couple of you guys are going to join us on there for 15, 10, 15 minutes as guests. And we'll, we'll chat about all things from our perspective um, and we can get the insight on your, on, on what, what, what we're going to expect from you guys on Saturday.
1: And that'll be live. There's no hiding place. There's no editing in different results or different predictions. It's just, it is what it is. And you might have yeah, a different
5: manager. Then. We might do things. Yeah. Fast-paced world of football. Yeah, we might have a we might have a different manager. It goes live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook all at the same time. So, um, yeah, no hiding place. And then it's available as a podcast on Thursday.
1: Cool. We'll we'll, we'll plug that on the on the various bits. We'll plug it on Twitter and stuff. Um, okay, just great. in terms of the name of the podcast, it's obviously about the old boss Danny Bagara. Yeah. Remind me, was he was he a constant sc- scarf wearer? I can't remember.
5: <laughs> no, no. So this the. We have a song called The Scarf My Father Wore, which is our sort of song that we, that we belt out when, thing, when, when we're happy and things are going well. We sing it all the time, to be fair, and it was just a combination of that and our, um, our manager, Danny Begara. Nice. Our old manager,
1: yeah. he's hoping you don't sing
5: it on Saturday, I think, is, is the uh, is the, is the hope from, from our side. No. I believe you've, um, you sold, did you sell out all your tickets within, was it 15 minutes, I've
1: heard? 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Um, it was something that I was <laughs> took me by surprise. I had a little lie in and um, completely forgot about it. And I was having a bit of a whinge because usually the, the club and various others do quite a few reminders and there was a lack of reminders. But then um, I got shot down for suggesting otherwise. But yeah, it is what it is. I managed to get one in the end. So it's not all bad. So yeah, 1,700 tickets in 15, 20 minutes is it's crazy. But, you know, we'd whinge if we couldn't sell them. So yeah, happy days.
4: Right, after two separate spells and a long stint as assistant manager, there's Stalwarts and then there's Kevin Russell. He played 282 times for Wrexham, scoring 60 goals, including a famous Thunder bastard against West Ham in one of Flinney's painted cup runs. portsmouth of Russell was a massive influence on and off the pitch for 14 years, settling in the area and making it his home. He also assisted Dennis Smith during a golden period at Wrexham, which saw our last promotion, Welsh Cup wins, the LDV final and... Um, Zabby Falero, But I mean the word club legend is bandied about quite a bit nowadays, but for sheer involvement in the football club, surely there's only a few that outcrow the rooster. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks very much for joining us.
0: Welcome, lads. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, looking forward to the next hour with it luck.
4: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's let's go on to it first. The nickname Rooster. I was trying to put it together in my head. Where's that come from?
0: Well, do you know what is what? I've, I've been asked this so many times, you know, and uh, mm. you know, people say about, it, was, was it to do with my haircut? Well, I was losing my hair to begin with and stuff like that. It was nothing. It's, it's quite boring, really. Um, I've, I've had the name Rooster since I was about nine years old as a kid, and it stuck me all through school. Um, it comes from, really, when I was a kid, I used to watch uh, watch the old Western films and Rooster Coburn. And as a kid, the, the lads just called me Rooster. And that just stuck. Now, when I was an apprentice at Portsmouth, obviously at Portsmouth everyone knew me as Rooster. So uh, Mickey Kennedy who was the club captain there then, obviously knew me as Rooster. When I left, uh, when I left, and then went on to Leicester, Mickey was there, so obviously he called me Rooster. When I went to Stoke, Mickey called me Rooster. So obviously everyone knew countrywide, but rather than just in Portsmouth. So it's come from that really. It's, so it's nothing to do with football. It's nothing to do with hairstyles. It's, To do with a Western, if I'll be honest.
2: I'd never heard of Rooster Coburn. I'm just looking at him now. Did he wear an eye patch when you were a child or something?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Run 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 around the playground with an eye patch on. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, really strange. uh, but you know how these silly things stick. And as I say, it stuck all through school and it stopped me throughout life, really.
4: Were you were you noticed Rooster during your first spell at Wrexham then?
0: Yeah, from all my friends, but not obviously at Wrexham because I come from Portsmouth of direction. Mm. and then when I went to Leicester, of course, the fans got hold of it at Leicester as well. Then when I went to Stoke, I got hold of it there, and then it obviously blossomed out. Then, but no, when I, when I first my first at Wrexham, no, because obviously um, it wasn't banded out only only to obviously my friends and family.
4: Mm. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the first time there, then, I Emmy. Mean, yes. Just looking back at your goal record, absolutely amazing. Um, so, so what happened there? Was it a good strike partner? Did you get a good start? Did everything just click?
0: Well, to be to be fair, you know, I come as a really young kid, and as, as, as a kid coming through, I was I was always a wide player or a midfield player. I was never really a centre forward. Um, obviously, i come into Rexham uh, with Dixie, um, and uh, Dixie played me up front. Uh, we had Jim Steele to begin with, and the first month or so, I, I, I'll be honest, I found it difficult. You know, I, I, I played centre forward; I wasn't really used to it. Uh, and then, I, and then I got a bad injury. Actually, I I, I, I did my medial ligaments against Orient. Um, come back from that uh, just before Christmas time. Played over Christmas, scored a couple of goals against. i Think it was Crew, and then uh, from then onwards, I just got into a patch where. Uh, it was phenomenal really. And then the players we had in the team as well, obviously, you know, I played with, I was fortunate enough to play with big target men with, uh, Ollie Kearns and Jim Steele. And obviously I was uh, quite small and quick at the time. So I just played on the shoulder, really played off them and got a partnership with a lot of the lads. You know, we, we, we blended well. They knew, they kind of knew me inside out, my strengths and weaknesses and played to my strengths and, um, just hit a real golden patch for a few years, you know, um, and it got into a stage, you know, it's like as a, as a striker. Once you start in the net, it becomes it becomes, if you like, routine, um, yeah. and I got into that phase, you know. But I was always a, when I, when I, even when I played wide, even when you know when I went, uh, the other clubs have been out, you now, I played wide at Leicester, I played wide at Stoke. Um, I always, I was always a player who tallied in with goals. You know, I wasn't a, an out and out winger who, who who didn't really contribute as in goal wise. I was, a, if, if you if you look at it really, I was a bit more like a like a modern day wide player is now, you know, kind yeah. of before my time a little bit where I played wide, but I played quite inside a lot as a, as a kind of an inside forward. So mm. no, but it was it just a spell where it just really clicked.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, you were never really the sort of person who hugged the t- touchline, even in your second spell when you did no. play out a bit louder, wider. So Dickie on Twitter's got a question. He asked about your relationship with John ba- John Bowden. so like the rooster and and the animal. He was yes. known as the animal, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, John was, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, as I say, John played in the team. We He, he did really well. Uh, to be fair, we had a really good team spirit within the team, actually. We had a really real good bunch of lads. And it was a, a tough period of the club's. Time, if you like, the money was scarce. You know, the crowds weren't great at the time, um, and then we got on a bit of a resurgence, um, as you say, and ended up obviously getting into the playoffs. And then, kind of, you know, the crowds started coming back in. We got bigger, you know. as you say. When race course is packed, there's no better better grounds. I'll be honest. You know, when 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 it when it's kicking and the atmosphere is going, you know, you can create you know a real good atmosphere. And as you said, we had real good characters. You now Joey come back. Um, and as you say, Dixie was manager. D- Dixie was brilliant for me. To be fair, you no, know, as, as yeah. being a, you know a legend of a striker, that he was. You know, he helped mm. so much when I first come. You know, learning the role really, and learning, learning. You know, the the, the dark arts of playing centre forward. Really, you know, with Joey, them two were pivotal in my uh, development. You know, I'd say even now, you know, um, Joey kind of took you under the wing from day one. You know, as as a person. You know, and I know it gets banded out and you're talking about legends and stuff like that as a person. You know, Joey playing alongside Joey. Never really, I never really knew how good Joey was until you played with him, if that makes sense. I played, you know, I played against him a couple of times or when he was at Chelsea Reserve Team Football. And, you know, you you, you looked at him as an opponent, you know, you, you, you respected him, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like until you played with him and then you knew. How good a person, how good a leader he was, and he it was—he it, it was again was fundamental in my development massively,
4: massively. Yeah, you, you've touched on two of the questions I was going to ask. Actually, one oh, of so- being what was it? No, it's fine, mate. What was it like to play with Joey? Which I think you've answered. I, I just wanted to touch on Dixie uh, again. Just because we've we, we've not really talked about him on on this pod, it's been sort of focused on stuff since the turn of millennium. But you know, he is a Wrexham legend. Um, what was he like as a as a man manager, a motivator? Did he have his quirks? You mean he says that you have you, already said he you passed on a lot to you?
0: It was tough. It was tough. Um, mm. You know, he, he you know he joined in training. He, 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 you know, leaders even in training, he, he hated losing. You know, he'd be like a man possessed. You know, in, in in a lot of the traits he he, he 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 brought to the lads, you know, instilled in me quite a lot throughout my career, really. Um, even off the, you know, that that some of the some of the some of the runs, if we were midweek, I'm sure Joe and tell you were absolutely brutal. You know, he takes us up Cruise Castle, make us run up and down oh. that. You know, you know some of the stuff. But yeah, it kind of as a kid, he he kind of he kind of moulded you, if that makes sense. You know, mm. in that in that. In that um, never say die kind of attitude, that 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 toughness, and that that that's probably what I needed at that time. You know, um, I'd say I was probably, a, a, you know, a, 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 a purist as in football wise. You know, I, I enjoyed that side of it. The other side of it, you know, you know, I, I had to learn, and I learned it the hard way. As I say, it was very, it was tough.
4: Yeah, not fair, um, but fair, but fair. Do you think it was a bit harsh when he when he when he got sacked?
0: Uh, yeah, obviously I'd left then. Um, but mm. A bit to be, you know, you know he 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 took the club through some dark times. To be fair, you know, um, financially and up against the wall, uh, and it was tough. But but yeah, I'd probably say he did. I'd probably say he did because a year before, obviously, he got into the playoffs with very little money. Um, yeah. So you know, as well as well as you know now, this game. You know, we'll probably touch on that a bit later with Dennis, but this game can be ruthless, you know? And, mm. uh, you know, sometimes decisions have to be made that sometimes are not, not right or we'll work out that they're not right. But, you know, people have to make them, you know?
4: Yeah. I mean, Richie Barker's got a question. Um, he asks, in your first style, would you have stayed if we'd have beaten Orients in the playoffs or was the move to Leicester sort of already done and dusted?
0: The move wasn't done and dusted. Um, I, I would have moved. I would have moved, but if I'll be honest, I was at that stage in my career. I was very ambitious. Um, is mm. I wanted to play at the highest level I could play. And that was all, that was all I was thinking about. And when I first come to Recton, you know, I, I did state that straight away I what I was using it as a stepping stone. I know I wanted, I wanted to prove myself at that level. I you know I was a Portrait fan through and through when I left. You know, when I left, that was a real wrench to me, to be fair. Got promoted to the first division. You know, I played about seven or eight games. Got a taste of like, if you like, the championship then. But, you know, speaking to a few people, I knew I needed to bounce back down to maybe bounce forward. Now, even so, you know, I took a big gamble even at that age. You know, it could have turned out terribly. But I believed in my own ability. So, so to answer the, qu- the question, honestly, no, I would have left. But no, the deal wasn't done. Um, the deal was... Obviously, I found out about the deal halfway through the summer, I'll be honest, after, right. after the club final. So, but no, I would have, I did have in my head that I, that I was going to try and move. I wanted to move. Um, I wanted to, as you say, same as anyone really. It wasn't, you know, if you go back to then, it wasn't about the money. People, players aren't getting paid money or they're getting now. Mm. It was all about trying to play at the highest level you can and try and prove yourself at the highest level you could.
4: Yeah. Um, On to Flynn. And now I imagine you probably played with him more than you did. He, you know, he managed you. But could yeah. you always tell back then he was going to be a gaffer?
0: Yeah, he was very thoughtful. Very, um, again, you know, I was very fortunate, the team I played in with, with, with Joey and Brian, um, to, to play in really as a young lad. You know, they they always took me under the arm. They were always uh, giving me advice, always giving me pointers. it was very thoughtful even then, Brian, forward thinking. Um, so, I, you know, he didn't really... He didn't really come out and say he wants to be a manager, but you could tell he had that that that, that thoughtfulness about him where you, you could see him stepping into that role. Definitely. Yeah.
4: And is Kevin Reeves the nicest man in football? Yes, without doubt. Without
2: <laughs> doubt.
0: Yes. Yes. I can't ever remember him ever giving anyone a bollocking, I'll be honest. Um oh, he did in his own little way. He was soft, soft, he was fair. Um mm. but he had a way of um, of telling you and giving you a bollocking, but doing it the nicest way ever possible.
4: Yeah, Does that make sense? he's not angry. He's not angry. He's just disappointed. Yes, <laughs> and you don't yeah. want to disappoint him.
0: He's a gentleman. He's a he's a, he's, a, he's a lovely fella. You know, you know he's you know you can sit down with him. Great conversation. Very intellectual. Is in the real good knowledge of the game, as you say. Played at a really high level. All the staff can you know. Well, as you know, by Joey, Joey's the most humblest yeah. man you'll ever meet in your life. You know, mm. you know, it's it, everything's not about him; it's about everyone else. And I, and yeah. I would suggest then the whole the whole Kev, Brian, and Joey were very similar, very similar.
4: Mm. Yeah, it seemed like that they had a good little brains trust, to be honest. Like, um, you no know, three people who really got on and all had sort of different attributes. So, coming back, how far had Flynn? taken that club on in the time that you were away?
0: Massively, I'll be honest.
4: When I come, when I
0: come back, you know, the, the, the squad and, you know, Brian, Brian built a, a great squad. You know, if you look, you know, some of those players I play with now, you know, mm. when I think about it now, some of them, you know, some of them went on to play at a high level. You know, some of the kids that come through, and there were some there who had played in the lower leagues but were top lower league players, I'll be honest. Um, and yeah. I think that's another thing that gets under underestimated. If you look at the time that that team, everyone talks about uh, the seventies, Joey's era with Dicks and that rightly so, you know, they, brought, they got to the highest position the club's ever got. but That team really got into the championship. That team, stout only on goal difference from getting into the playoffs, you know, mm. and that you know that gets under, underestimated a little bit. I think of, of how good that that squad of players was. Now, probably now, in light of what's happened over the last fifteen years and that kind of dismar- dismi the club going into into non league that probably now would be a bit more appreciated to how good that, that squad was, you know.
4: Yeah, I mean that's when I sort of first started watching Rex and always sort of struck me that Flynn had a very particular, well, I wouldn't say peculiar, but very very sort of straight laced system. I always sort of thought he had obviously a, a back four. Then he had sort of three centre midfielders and you you would be one of them and then yeah. one winger. I'm not re- I hadn't really seen that before in in no, uh in I'll teams. be honest.
0: I'll be honest, I um, uh, I'd, I'd, uh, obviously I, I coach now and I've coached that you know, for a long time now. and uh, it, it, even so now it's, it's, it's it was a difficult formation to play, to be honest.
5: You know, yeah. I played
0: on that, I played on that left side in the, with, in the, with a few other boys as well. and it was a really hard role to play because you, you were a midfield player, but you also had to get out as well where we played lopsided with a winger on the other side, so you had to be really thoughtful about the positions you took up, out of possession and in possession. So it was a it was a hard role to play, to be honest. But it it caused a lot of teams problems, a lot of teams yeah. problems. You know, um, and we, to be fair, we, we we played it well. You know, uh, you know. To be fair, Wardy, Wardy sat in the middle of the mid, midfield. You know, he was he didn't have legs, so the two players around him. Like, me on one side and, and whoever played on the other side. You know, we did a lot of his running. I'll be honest, but he was a very intelligent footballer. He was, you know, he was he was a good footballer. He was a tough tough lad. You know, mm. um, so yeah, it was it, it was a it was a it was a strange formation, but but it, it caused problems. You know, it allowed it allowed you to get two forwards up the pitch as well at the time. But yeah. the, the, as you say, the, the wing was really an out and out winger, like an old fashioned winger, if you like, who, who didn't really have like, you know, he, there wasn't really that much emphasis on him getting back in, if you like.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I do sort of feel that a lot of that system worked because of Connolly. And he yeah. was always an outlet who could win a ball in the air and, and set yeah. Yeah. And set attacks going. But I, I also think that Watkin was very underrated in, in what he did as well. Um, yeah, but,
0: yeah. Without doubt, you know, Steve did really well. Steve was Steve was great at holding the ball up. He was a real, real, mm-hmm. a real good, real, real good touch. Bring people into play, and Cole could play in a number of positions. That was the art with Cole. You know, he could play wide left. He could play centre forward. You know, and uh, in that system, uh, because we played a, a, a kind of a narrow free midfield, that allowed Cole as well to drift down to the left wing as well. So yeah. you know, and to be fair, I, I haven't played with. You know, you know, throughout my career, and I managed to play with some good players. You know, he was as good in the air as i would ever seen anyone. You know, for his size, it was unbelievable. You know, his timing and his leap, and and getting out at the back post. You know, he was, he, he, you know, he was, he was a good player, Cole. To be fair, really good player.
4: Yeah, the most unassuming lad I've, I've met. I remember meeting him after the LDV final. Fi- fi- oh, no, sorry, it was not the LDV. It was the um, it was the trophy final, and he was in Weatherspoons in Wembley, and he couldn't believe that I was starstruck. Of course I yeah. was starstruck. It was Carl Connolly. Yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a...
0: As you say, he's a... And, and, and to be fair, no, we didn't... No, that that we, There was no players we had in the airs and graces. No. One thing with, with that team as well and, and, and the teams I've been in, Rex was like a, a smallest place, but it was a place that everyone congregated. The, the, the city was... The town was always busy on a Saturday night, always busy. You know, Friday night, Wednesday night. And the lads, lads, would, lads would go out, you know, you know, and... It, we didn't have no lads who had any, uh, any egos. No, that didn't happen. Mm. It wouldn't have happened in the dressing room because the type of dressing we had, we wouldn't have we wouldn't allowed it, you know? So mostly mm. everyone was down to earth. There was a couple who, who, who at times would get above their perch and they soon got brought down to earth, you know?
4: No, that's, that's good to hear. Um, so Simon Cook has got a question. Can you explain what was going through your head with a moonwalk versus Peterborough?
0: Um, that was uh, to, to be fair the lads who knew me in the dressing room that was probably quite mild really <laughs> <laughs> I've never been surprised when it took the clothes up and run up the pitch <laughs> you know but, as I said we had to go um, well you know some of the stories you know I could tell to be fair I don't, I don't know whether we'll be able to put on a podcast but you know tell us later we had we had a, we had a lively, lively dressing room, put it that way, and and, and we did enjoy ourselves, as I, as I just said, you know, when it was mm. time to when it was time to play football, obviously we played football, but when it was time to play, we enjoyed ourselves as well, you know, and uh, it, that was that was one of the things that made the group a, a tight knit group, you know.
4: Yeah, yeah. Let's go on to that that cup run and that goal against West Ham. Would you say that's probably the best or most important of of your Wrexham career or career as a whole?
0: Um, I
4: think it probably
0: probably one of the best ones because of the time of, what, of, of how in the mm. game of, of how late it was you know and it was quite funny actually when we talk about it now because it was like in slow motion motion like I remember I think Chalky's played it into Steve, Steve yeah. just laid it and I've come on to it and as I bit it the lads laugh I've shouted out don't go for them to the goalkeeper because when you struck I struck it that clean as soon as I left my foot it was like you ain't saving that. Do you know what I mean? It, it was just the right, it, it was the timing of it and then and the, the timing of the game that was left that yeah. made it, made it important. And I think that game kind of really gave us the belief to go on again. You know, we felt at that time, you know, we, we, we could have took on anyone if that makes sense, you know, with the right draw, especially at home. We got home draws. You know, as you know, we're on, on FA Cup, for some reason, at Wrexham, a special place. Hmm. I don't know why, but it is. You know, um, the punters come out. That I know they talk about now about the FA Cup not being as big a competition now as it used to be. But for some reason, Wrexham it always, always is or always was. I don't know. Maybe the tradition of it all the way through. You know, from years gone by. But we've just got we just got on a run there. And to be fair, that year we'd, it probably cost us a little bit in the league as well because we, we we were we were up near the top as well. So we you know, we weren't far away from the playoffs. So, yeah. and we played a lot of games that season with, as you say, with a quite small squad.
4: Yeah, I mean, just looking through the through that that side, I mean, all the way through, you know, from from the keeper Marriott to to Brian Hughes as well, who was probably one of the player. best. Yeah. Well, you know, to he's... be
0: fair to Brian, you know, from a, from a kid, you always knew, always knew he was going to be he was going to be a, a, a top player, you know. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as he got in the team, as soon as in, in and around the team, now, they had some good kids, you know. Bram, Bram come through. Bram was a good player, you know. You had Brian Hughes, sorry, Andy and Gold. and then you know, you no know, people forget, you know. There's some good, you know. the 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 The, 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 the club, is an academy or as as a, as a youth team, brought through some good kids. Steve Watkins, you know. There's a lot of kids in that team. Mark McGregor, you know. You can keep going yeah. go on and on. If if I am missing one, I apologize. But there was some, there were some good kids that come through there, you know.
2: It's a little bit before my time, that cup run, but, uh, you know, as a, uh, I always enjoy obviously looking through uh, the history of the club and and something that always struck me when I was looking at that cup run was, it was quite a battle to get through those initial first few rounds. I saw that there was a replay at Colwyn Bay and a yeah. replay at Scunthorpe yeah, uh, and then obviously then go on to have those brilliant results. Was it, you know, was it just a team that was sort of building in strength? And I suppose, is that just, just shows how important momentum can be like in a cup run, I suppose?
0: I think that what you've just said then, it was momentum. We kind of got some momentum going, you know. But as you, as you say, we struggled in the early rounds. Um, and then, as you say, I think the West Ham game was a catalyst, really. I think, you know, the belief come then. Um, and then, to be fair, going to Peterborough was a big one as well. Because I, I, I think they felt, no, we'll win this. No, and, what, and, and to be fair, that, that night, I'll be honest, going to Peterborough is a, a Tuesday night. Midweek game because I think we played Tuesday because we got the, the first game of West Ham. There was fog, so the game got cancelled. Yeah, I remember no, that. The, the replay got cancelled, so yeah. we went went to the replay and uh, it got cancelled on the night. So we had to play West Ham on the Saturday, but it was a, a, a draw behind. If that makes sense, no, we, it was probably the third, the fourth round. But we were still playing the third round, so we got through anyway. I think Peter Riffle uh, will win this. Of course, it was a fourth round. Then we played Peterborough. And I can remember it was a Tuesday night. It's a long way to Peterborough. Right? Know, it is a long way, and we packed it, filled all the way beyond our goal, all the way down the side. And uh, to be fair, the, the pitch wasn't great. It was muddy. It was horrible. But uh, as you say, the belief. I think we just got some momentum going, and, and 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 we just kept
4: on. You know, I mean, going forward in that cup run, you seem quite forthright in the uh, on the pitch and. Uh, Probably in the dressing dressing room. Did you grab Darwin Brace and Andy Marriott and say, "What the okay, hell are you two doing?" Do you know what? Well,
0: you- coming here, I was thinking about that. You know, in the, in, the, in that, you know, for how good the Cup Run was, mm. that was the most disappointing game. I think I'll be, I'll be honest in my whole career was to get beat mm. in that way. Now, for me, it was going to be a draw. It was a shit game. Right, mm. the pitch was awful. It was, it was just no, everyone cancelled each other out. It was just a real horrible game. And then to get beat by such a shit goal, you know, and they probably, them two probably have nightmares about it now, you know, but, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I would, I would go as far as to say that was probably the most disappointing game I've ever played in, you know, for the, for how well we've done to go out like that.
4: Yeah. I mean, did you, was there any criticism of in, in after, or was it just no. put down to a football incident? I can't
0: remember if I even mentioned it, I'll be honest. Um, like, we were so disappointed. We got on the bus. No one really spoke about it. You know, to be fair, we had a strong dressing room then. People would dig each other out, to be honest. You know, mm. um, you know, there was there was a lot of voices in there, strong opinions, you know, a lot of if you would like if we would call men's men, you know, there's no one was, was 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 afraid to have an opinion. But uh no, there was no no, no I think everyone was just if you like were dumb and, and just shocked by by it, I'll be honest, and so disappointed. But you know, such is life, you know.
4: I mean <sighs> It, you, you can always sort of say what, what could have happened, but what could have happened? What could he What could you have done to to Middlesbrough in in, in that semi final? You know, um, the way you played, the plays you had. Do you think you could have you could have given them as good a game as Chesterfield, maybe even better?
0: Yeah, without doubt. No, without doubt, we were a better team in Chesterfield. We had better players in Chesterfield, man to man, without doubt. So, mm. yeah, I often thought I've often. I asked myself that question many times, but as, as you said, you know, but I'm a big believer in you have to look forward. You know, you know, uh, things happen; they happen for a reason. You know, that that in a good way that that gives you a bit of adversity. You know, dealing with disappointment, so that's part of the game. So sometimes you have to kick on and 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 which you try to get out of your head and move on again. So, but no, I, no, I think we would have given them a game without doubt. We, we we seem to strive on the big platform, you know. Then you know, we, you know, the bigger the game was, the, you know the lads come to the table, you know. So um, it was disappointing.
2: Onto happier things, maybe than that Chesterfield result. Time now for us to do one of our regular features in the podcast, uh, Kev, which is where we ask our guests about their most sort of fearless in devotion moment following the town, uh, not following the town. In your case, it would be playing for the town. Yeah. Um, is there anything that jumps to mind? It's it's a moment that made you most proud or most passionate. It's whatever you want to be, but w- w- whatever um, My, comes to mine mind. Mine was,
0: without doubt. Um, because considering the situation we're in and the adversity we we're putting up with at the time when the club was going into administration was winning the LDV, You know, I think, I know they've, I think it's the only trophy, like major trophy. I know it's like for the lower leagues, but the club's ever won, you know, and to, and to win that um, in the situation we were in, you know, it was, and, and again, saying and again, that team, we had some really good players, by the way. You know, and if we wouldn't have had that, if we wouldn't have gone into that administration and started losing the players that we did, I, I felt we had a real chance of doing something with that squad. You know, we had some real good players, and so that that was a, that was a really proud moment for me because I think if that that wouldn't happen, that LDV, the club maybe have gone under. You know, because the finances, you know, that 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 the finances from that competition, without doubt, held the club together, without doubt.
2: We had one of them on last week, Andy Holt.
0: Yeah, uh, a he's late, a in, in you know, ma- massive part of that squad, you know, did really well. Um, as you say, well, as I said, we had some, you know, if you think the players that got sold in and around that time, you, you know, that, that was just put like, you, on your Andy Morales, your Lee Trundles, your Dennis Lawrence's, your Carlos Edwards. You know, that there some good players there. You know, really good players. You know, and, and and for the and for the squad to break up the way it did under the circumstances it did with the politics that was going on was really disappointing. But you know. Those players, if you like, and those little, little bits of money that they got here and there, and you know, with lots of Steve Roberts going as well, and probably probably you know kept the club afloat. I'll be honest.
2: Thanks again to Kevin Russell Rooster for his time. And the second part of that uh, interview, where Rooster talks more about his managerial career and his uh, coaching career, will be coming up in a few weeks' time. We'll, we'll, we'll hold that one back for you. Uh, but now it's time for uh, everyone's favourite segment, Shitey Heroes. Andy, do you want to go first? I do. I do. Good. You say
4: the best of first.
2: Best of first. That's what
4: they say. All right. Three, two, one. Go. Right. If anyone summed up the Brian Hughes era, it was Adam Barton, a former Connors Key Nomads alumni. He came with a fanfare and left with a whimper. Equally shite in defence or midfield, he lazed around the pitch, sticking a foot in or rolling a pass if he felt like it. When I mentioned him to a Dundee United supporting pal, he just looked at me and went, ah, dear, sorry about that. Of course, you want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but we knew two games into his seven-game spell, he wasn't going to be good enough. Barton was indicative of all that was wrong in that time in Wrexham's history. He was supposed to be pivotal, but seemed no one had made any checks or balances on him. He now plays for Farsley Celtic. To all Farsley Celtic fans, oh dear. Sorry about that.
2: Nice. Okay, next up, uh, SK Tim. You want to go next?
1: good god okay i mean that's gonna be tough to top isn't it to be honest um yeah well
2: yeah i'll win it (laughs) just kidding just kidding i i don't even know what i'm doing yet so
1: just let's go for it in my my sort of very very hastily written down crib notes let's see what
2: happens three two one go
1: right for steve abbott basically he came he was dean solander's 11th signing when he came in as manager. Um, penned an 18 month deal he came as a goal scoring midfielder he scored 30 goals in 80 games for team bath they were a student team at the time in N- national league south yeah anyway came to us thinking great this is this guy's going to be the real deal he ended up being absolutely rubbish and in the three first team competitive games he made he wasn't much cop either um, he looked like a pound shop duncan ferguson that's really about as good as it got for him, really. He was just not very good. He looked the part. He was massive, big physical presence. He's going to create some goals, He's going to score some goals. Nothing. Absolutely awful. Um, so, yeah, Steve Abbott, forgetful. For, not forgetful, forgettable. But, yeah, I just think he, he promised a lot, but just faded away. Three Three bloody appearances, not good enough. Rubbish.
2: Nice bang on a minute. Liam, you can go next. Um, three, two, one, go.
3: Okay, so Norte Norte was probably one of the best-named rex and players that we've ever had, but as a player, he was probably one of the worst. Um, he was part of that sort of dreadful pre-season ruck of signings by Gary Mills. Um, he was equally bad at right-back and in midfield. He uh, came with a bit of, well, I say pedigree, came from Chelsea's academy, but um, he only made six appearances for Wrexham before Dean Keats came in and sort of steadied the ship. And then off, oh, and then my son doesn't like him either. Um, and then off he went to <laughs> to Solihull Moors on loan. So yeah, Norte Norte, amazing name, but not a great player.
2: I'll go next then. Um, three, two, one. I'm going to go for. I'm struggling here, but I'm going to go for Sam Aston. I feel quite bad because there was a player there, but he was a proper journeyman. Um, I've just got his Wikipedia up. I don't know why he stood out in my mind. Again, physical player. Um, you know, probably should have done better than he did. He'd played a couple of times in the old second division for Stoke City, uh, but played mainly, actually played in the first division earlier in his career when he was a youngster. Um, but yeah, mainly League One. And dropped down from League One to, oh no, he was at Burton first. But he'd had a very quick fall from Grace from Trammy Rovers and Northampton in League One to join us under Brian Little. Um, I just remember he played a bit like a rugby player. He'd always hand people off, um, which I did quite like. But, you know, probably was just one of the many players we had coming in in that revolving door period of 2008-2009. And, um, yeah, Sam Easton is my nomination.
4: Sam Easton just used to run across the pitch, didn't he? He used to take the ball from the, from the left back and run and stand next to the right
2: back. Yeah. Could create some space sometimes, but never did.
1: I'm convinced Naughty Naughty was
3: a defender as well. I, 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 was
2: I
4: think team. Andy can
3: vouch for me here that he has played midfield for us, is not
4: he? I can remember that. I can remember him playing midfield. It's like a horrible, horrible nightmare.
3: Right,
1: come on then. Let's get this wrapped up. I mean, Personally, I think there's only one winner. Um, but What's everybody thinking?
2: Well, who, do, who do you think's the one winner?
1: Has to be Barton. I mean, it's a compelling case, but we all saw him, and like Andy yeah. said, it pretty much summed up Brian Hughes's ill-fated spell as, as a manager. He yeah. just—he looked like a sort of solicitor that had won a competition to play for Wrexham for ten minutes. He was just dreadful, <laughs> dreadful. Um, yeah, I—I I, I don't even know what the thinking was behind that awful, awful signing.
3: Not as okay. when we, we had a good budget as well, wasn't it? Our best budget under uh, fan ownership as well.
2: Solicitors don't come cheap, as we know. Uh, anyway, Andy, you know, once again, your eloquence, you know, as one you, another spot on the Shite Heroes list. So congratulations, Adam Barton. You are our second of three midfielders, I think. Is that right?
4: Yeah, we've still got one more to go.
2: One more midfielder to go next week, and then we'll be on to attack as everyone looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, Okay, prediction time, and these scores and the duels. Well, it's great
4: news for me and Reece. Um, We both went for a 1-0 defeat at Grimsby, so we were both cheering at the end of that horrid 90 minutes. Uh, no one got it right against uh, Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, everyone went for either a Dagenham win or a draw, so your lack of faith is uh, showing. But, yeah, me and Reese both got five points. That puts... That's Oh Well, I was on zero, so now I'm on five. So hopefully I won't be wearing a Chester shirt at the end of the five season. Points. Yeah, five you points for getting the score completely
3: completely right. You didn't get the score completely right, did you? Yeah, lot. We lost 3-1, you donut.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay.
3: What are you doing?
4: All right. Sorry, I'm really distracted at the moment. Do you want to do that again? There's a stitch-up going on here.
2: No, it's not a stitch up. I just need to let's just get this done. Quickly. No, we're not doing it again. You, you you sound like a no. That's fine. We'll carry on. I just shows the amateur operation that this is. Um, right. So, uh, me and Andy got the result right, but not the score. Correct. Um, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got two points each. So what's the scores and the doors? I've got two points. You've got six <laughs> points. Tim's got 15 and Liam's got 9.
3: Ooh, yeah. Boy.
2: Cool. All right, brilliant. Okay, what are we going to predict this week? Just the one game, isn't it? Just the Stockport game? Yes. Yeah. All right, Andy, right. why don't you I'll, go first?
4: I'm going to go first, and I think it is going to be a 2 all draw because we love drawing 2 all away from home.
2: Good point. Um, I'm going to go with a one all draw, same as Russ from the Stockport podcast.
1: Nice. I'm going to go 2-0, Wrexham, because... I just think we owe them one, and I think the defence is starting to get a bit of an understanding together now. Leighton's on on top form, so yeah, I'll go to no Rexham. Uh Mullin double.
3: Can I just thank everyone who took the piss out of my uh, chestership for Saturday's match? That was really appreciated. Um, I'm going to go for two-one Wrexham. From what what's been told, we've had a pretty bleak picture painted. It could all go. Tits up for us, but uh, yeah, I'll go for optimistic two on and
2: Nice, a nice little uh, nice little variety there. Uh, but that's all for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening once again, and we'll uh, see you all next week.
4: How about a mare yes, Thank you. <laughs>